Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. La Iglesia Spring of Life Fellowship. I pray, O oh God, that with every verse that we share tonight, that the eyes of our understanding, like Paul prayed, would be opened, that we might understand the riches of his glorious grace that has been poured out and continually is being poured out upon our lives, upon our children, upon our families. Father, we pray, Father, that we not pursue the glory of this world that fades, that passes the fads, the fashions, the seasons of man's pursuit come to nothing. Like you said with King Solomon, that with everything you had for him, he desired to dress with garments of temporal glory because he did not seek you with all of his heart. Allow us not to compromise and fall short. Allow us to press in and to be transformed and that this transformation would be evident and seen by all as you bestow upon us the expressions of excellence as defined by your kingdom, which is glory. Allow your glory, Father God, to come and be poured out in our lives so that everyone might glorify our God and Father who is in heaven as they see his faithfulness upon our lives. Prosper now your word in the hearts of your people and we give you thanks in the house of God. Amen and amen. We talk about Ephesians 2.20 all the time. This is one of our favorite verses because we know that he is able. On Sunday we were able to hear this, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above. I hope that's a measure. 3.20, Ephesians 3.20. I hope that's the measure of the work that you're expecting from God. Chapter 3, verse 20, there it is. Now to him who is able to do, not only to talk about or to promise, but to bring to pass that which is exceedingly abundantly above. Three descriptions of excellence, abundance, and, and uh, above the ordinary, the extraordinary. Those things that we have asked of him and think, which is our uh, meditation, according to the power that works in us. And many times we stay right there. We've prayed, we've asked, we are expecting. And so you need to take it a step further to understand the backside of God's heart in verse 21 where he says, because this will be unto him glory in the church. As he's doing these things in our lives, then all will see the glory of God, the evidence of his character in our midst. To him be glory. He's going to do things not at a, at a normal stature, not at an ordinary, not a plain old story, but exceedingly abundantly above because he's seeking the glory that is due to his name. To Christ Jesus in all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want you to put your glory... Um, um, barometer on this night I want you to say where is the glory of God in my life where is the evidence of his abundant excellent work 
that is above what I could do in my own strength. You're going to see that many times the people of God tried to go do things in their own their own strength, and they, they got weary and tired and frustrated. I don't know if you can tell somebody who's walking on their own strength. They start turning a little bit ash color. They, they start like, like uh, their light begins to diminish, and they begin to fade. And you can tell the substance is about to run out. But the glory of God does not run out. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says that we are being transformed from glory to glory. A measure that is greater than the previous measure. Right now, beholding as in a mirror reflecting the glory of God, we're being transformed into His image from glory to glory. The Christian walk should be the evidence of greater glory, greater glory, greater glory. And you see this in the Old Testament to the people who followed God. There should not be, um, they were stricken with the opposite of glory. We're going to see tonight, the opposite of glory is shame. Where you do not have the promise of God coming through. And not because God didn't come through, but because you took a left turn. Because you did not wait upon the Lord. That's called in Romans 3.23. It says because they sinned, they fell short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and weren't able to reflect His goodness. Uh, I, I'm the pastor. I can tell you that there's been endless times that I thought I had a better idea than God. I had a better timing than God. And there was no glory there. There was just embarrassment. There was shame. There was nakedness. There was no cover. That's how the Bible says that Adam and Eve fell out of the presence of God and they noticed that they were naked and ashamed. So they hid. They went to go find fig leaves. Well, what used to cover them before they found out they were naked, I want to suggest it was the glory of God. The glory of God covered the first man and the first woman. And when that glory faded, the Bible says they fell short of his glory. In Romans 6, 4, it says, Therefore, if we were buried with Christ through baptism, we begin to take steps of obedience. The first step of obedience for a Christian is baptism. And we take the likeness of his death just as Christ was raised from the dead. How? By the glory of the Father. It was the glory of God that came and raised him from the dead. Us too, to the degree we begin to become obedient, 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 we are introduced to walk in the newness of life. I want you to underline that right there. Even so, we also should walk in a new life. What is this new life all about? It's being covered with the expressions of His glory continually. This is what the Bible says glory is. It's the expression of excellence. And, and through that measure... We are distinguished and marked as a glorious people. Ephesians 5.27, I want to suggest that when Jesus dies and he is buried and raises from the dead, it had one purpose, so that he might present you to himself a glorious church, a church full of his glory, without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish, that she should be holy without stain. That word blemish. Without anything that stains the character of God's glory. You say, but what has stained God's glory in my life? John 5, 44. He says, you're not walking in belief because you go around impressed by each other's glory. How can you believe 
who receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from God. Uh, I want to suggest that tonight, 2014, will be uh, a time to put away all your personal attempts at getting the job done and just be obedient to God this year and see him move in a crazy manner. 1 Peter 1.8 says that he is destined to give us these precious promises so that by them we might inherit. Chapter 3, verse 8. No, I'm sorry, that's it right there. Um, Whom having not seen, you love, and though you do not see him, yet you believe and you rejoice with joy, inexpressible, full of glory. It's when things are going right. I was just at the city hall tonight and and somebody got a little upset this morning. Um, The city council meeting was split in half. They did the morning session at 9 o'clock and we did an invocation. Um, We called upon the name of the Lord for God to prosper our city. Uh, The mayor invited us to give the invocation and I told the leaders that in order to have a prosperous year, we need to ask God for wisdom to make right decisions. And, and we prayed, and some lady later on, after I had to leave, and some lady came up before the council meeting was over and says, we should do away with the invocation. We should not have God and government put together. And so I had left, and I didn't get to talk to her. But uh, tonight, they were going to do the second part of the invocation, the, the second council meeting for the new year. And so I went at 6 o'clock, and the lady was still there. And the mayor mentioned it to me, and, and he asked the lady to come in if he had offended her. But I began to ask her something. I said, don't you know the difference between when God has blessed and prospered a place and when he's not there and he's not blessing it, he's not prospering it? That there's not the evidence of health and joy. It says that when the glory of God is present, there's inexpressible joy. There's a joy at degrees that you can't even describe. And people are evidencing the glory of God. And I said, can't you tell when someone is sick? When somebody has a mental disorder? When somebody's depressed? When things in life are not going consistent to God's timetable? Like we see in the book of Ecclesiastes where, where Solomon tried to find the expressions of joy by clothing himself with his own glory only to see that God wasn't behind his dealings. And so he was depressed and hated life and there was no joy. So this year as we talk about excellence, we're talking about Christ, we're talking about he wants to uh, beholding his glory will be transformed from glory to glory. As we see how he wants us to do things, as he, sees, as he uh, tells us how to speak and how to think and how to walk, there's going to be expressions of this glory. Psalm 84 verse 11 says God desires to give us, to, to pour down. His glory is one to be shared. Um, 84 verse 11 For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Did you catch it there? He's going to give you um, favor and he's going to pour glory. No, nothing good at levels of high excellence will he withhold from those who are walking in a manner that's right. We were not created to walk outside and short of glory. We weren't created to fall short of an expression of the totality of of His instruction in our lives. 
As Paul is describing this in Ephesians 1.17, he says he is the father of glory and through his source, he wants to bring many sons to glory. It's this God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory. He's the one that, that causes this to spring forth over our lives so that he might give us a wisdom and understanding of all things. And so you can pray like that. You can say, Lord, make my thoughts according to your thoughts. Make my ways according to your ways. Let me, let me uh, be challenged this year to live life as you would have it. I'll tell you what, that there is great expressions of God's glory in my family. And, and I, every day that goes by, I say, this is all God. This is all God. The more we, we conform to His image. We're transformed. We're, we're progressing in seeking out these manners. A lot of people over the years says, I wish I had a marriage like yours. Well then, then come under the shadow of His glory. Come under the presence of God. Begin to do things. We're seeing your glory. A lot of people that come for marriage counseling, uh, sometimes they want to explain themselves. I say, listen, You've done the best with what you've known how to do. Now let God. Let God fill your life with glory. Let Him reveal His knowledge on how you're to act, how you're to respond, that you might attain to this. So we see uh, in, the, in the walk of glory, in the walk of our purpose to, to shine forth in Psalm 148, verse 13, as we saw on Sunday, the expressions of his excellence are for the for the purpose of giving him praise and and giving him praise is consistent with what you know about him psalm 148 verse 13 it says let them praise the name of the lord for his name alone is to be exalted his glory is above the earth and and yet the heavens declare his glory you are not to be an expression of your foolishness you're not to be the expression of being confused. A lot of people just don't get it. God has made you a vessel to be filled with his glory. Now, walk in that identity. Walk in that mindset that he wants to give you his glory. He wants, to, he wants you to, to praise him with excellence. If we go to uh, verse 1, uh, the psalmist had it down correctly. The more your life gets consumed with giving God the glory, your life begins to reflect His excellence. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him at the very heights. Verse 2. Praise Him all His angels. Praise Him all His armies. Verse 3. Praise Him sun and moon. Praise Him all you stars of light. How can, how can every expression of our existence give glory to God? You know what happens then? It begins to reflect in your life. You give Him the highest praise. You give Him the highest, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the worth of His praise, the weight of everything going on in your life. Give it to Him. Verse 4 says like this. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens, and the waters above the heavens. Verse 5, 
Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. All of creation, giving the high praise to him who is worth. Um, we, our, so deficient in our ability to praise God. We were the master craft of his creation. We were that which was made in his image to reflect his greatest glory. And we go around reflecting less than at a, a very powerful degree. Let's see verse 6. He also established his creation forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Verse 7. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great creatures, in all the depth, contemplating his existence. You begin to describe the... the detailed illustration how methodical God is in his thoughts towards you with purpose, with great purpose. Um, let's go ahead and, and, and continue here in verse 8. Fire, hail, snow, clouds, stormy winds, all fulfilling his word. Every expression of his existence in our life. What for? To polish and to produce glory unto his name. Verse 9. The good times, the bad times, the mountains, the hills, the fruitful trees and all the cedars. Verse 10. Beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Keep on going. Kings of the earth and peoples, princes, all judges of the earth, Praising God, bringing sublime, uh, worthy praise to his name. Continue to verse 12. Both the young, and, and usually it's, it's the young people that have a, a, a better capacity. Yeah, I love to see young people dance. You see the old people, a long time we haven't danced. Joy has not touched our heart in a long time. And we have long faces. Old men and children called to praise God. Verse 13, let him praise the Lord for he alone is exalted. His glory above the earth and the heavens. The praise of all his saints of the children of Israel. It's, it's only those people. Verse 14, listen to me. A people near to him. That's, that's all it could take. A, a lot of people, I get, I get accused plenty of times. Uh, during the past years, oh, that's because you're there at the church all the time. If I was there, I would praise him. You know how many pastors are leaving the pastorate because they're not praising God, they're not glorifying him? Because it doesn't matter if you're in a law firm, it doesn't matter if you're in court, it doesn't matter if you're coming, it doesn't matter if you're in a prison. If you understand the order of all things, that he is high and lifted up and he's to be praised in all seasons for the glory of what he is producing. And you'll see this in our lives. Uh, Psalm 149 says that those who walk in the glory of the Lord will have the capacity to sing. Sing a new song. People bug me all the time. Pastor messes up all the songs. I don't mess up all the songs. I just don't want to sing some other man's praise. I have my own praises I'm lifting up to the king. I'm messing up their song, but it's not their song. It's my new song. It just pours out of my heart. I just can't stop 
praising his name, like the song says. His praise, where, where is the praise supposed to be taking place? It says, and his praise in the gathering of his people. Cricket. Where is the praise upon the gathering of his people? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're, you're teaching me your ways. We shall run to the house of the Lord to understand the instruction of God. It says that in the last days, there'll be so much darkness on the earth that people will run to the brightness of his glory, saying, let us go to the house of the Lord. Let us go and understand what our existence is all about. And we were created to praise him. We were created for the glory of his name. And so there were glorious things in times past. Here in, in Psalm 149, Jesus had not come on the scene yet. And they're praising him. They're singing new songs. Um, the psalmist wrote in verse 2, Let the Israel rejoice. Let them be full of joy. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. They hadn't seen Jesus yet. We've seen the Lord. We have behold His glory, beheld His glory. And, and still, long faces drawn out, not understanding our order of creation. Verse 3 says that we're to dance in His presence. Let them, understanding the glory of God, let them praise His name with dancing. Let them sing praises to Him with timbrel and harp. Verse 4, for those of you that don't like it, it says that um, for the Lord takes pleasure in His people, He will beautify. He brings beauty along with this salvation. Verse 5, so sing aloud. Other people, hey, could you keep it down? Oh, we can't keep it down. This is too intense. This is too crazy. The glory of God is vested upon vessels that had, were full of shame. Let the saints be joyful in glory. As this thing is being manifested. You know, the, 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 the expressions of His glory are all over each one of us. In a very peculiar and distinct manner. And, and, and David says, listen, I love to come to the place where you're Glory, uh, the habitation of your glory. That was the gathering of God's people. The miracles, the wonders, the signs of, of the expression of Christ's excellence in our midst. That's what causes us to break forth aloud. Verse uh, 6. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. We have filled our mouth with so much garbage. It'll be like a two-edged sword in, the, in their hand. The Word of God will constantly be coming out of our words, out of our mouth. Verse 7. To execute vengeance on the nations and punish people. The people cannot, cannot. I, I, was, I was talking to this woman. I said, I don't understand what it would be like to live without calling upon the heavens for guidance and wisdom. The benevolence of God, the providence of God, the goodness of God. How miserable must it be that people live lives without evidence of God's glory, His character? 
Verse 8. To bind their kings. To tell devils, get out of here. To tell things that are holding us captive with chains and their noble fetters of iron. Verse 9. To execute on them what is written from the Lord. God's written judgment. And who is this for? This glory, this honor have all those that have come to God. This is our inheritance. To walk in this reality. And so he finishes off and we know David to be a man that has a heart according to God's heart. He did not miss a beat. He was like sending a whole bunch of incredible songs to the psalmist. You got to add this to your repertoire, add this to, to praising God. And he writes Psalm 150 and he just lets him have it with a barrage. Psalm 150 verse 1. He's saying just in case you missed it, we're to praise God for his glory in the sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty stars and firmament up in space. Verse 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. See God's hand. In everything that happens in your life for his glory. You're going to see how, how in, incredibly intense it gets. When Paul says, when you're drinking a glass of water, whether you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. I'm, you know, the, the hardest times for us to be able to, to garner some evidence of glory is in difficult times. And, and we're going to see that times of suffering are that you sustain a greater measure of the weight of glory. You, you can't handle what God wants to give you, so he has to prepare you for it. And so he brings you into times of adversity and hardship and suffering only. He says, do not be discouraged when you enter into these times. These are not times for destruction. These are preparing you for greater weight of the excellence of his glory. That you can withstand the call of God upon your life later on. Verse 2. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his deeds. Praise him with the sound of trumpet. According to his excellent greatness. The greatness is for glory. Is for praise. Is to give it to God. When God is calling us to excellence this year. He wants greater glory out of your life. He wants to, you to shine greater in verse two, 3, it says like this. It says, praise him with the sound of trumpet. A lot of times we are moaning and groaning. And, and, and we are sighing. And, and there is no praise. I, want to, I just want to tell you that in times of hardships, when you praise, glory is going to show up. And don't you let somebody come and divert you from his purpose. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Get your hands on anything that makes a noise and praise God. Verse 4. Praise him with a timbrel and dance. Take, take a, a, a little step, an extra step in your walk and say, Woo, this is just in case the glory is about to fall. Just give a little extra step in your dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Verse 5. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Verse 6. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Give him the highest praise. As we walk in this regard, God wants us to understand that when it is all said and done in Revelations 19.1, there they are in heaven. 
And the culmination of all these things, I'm there too. I'm there. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven. And they were all saying, Hallelujah. Salvation, glory, honor, and power belong to our God. As a result, verse 2, of His true and righteous judgments. Don't expect to, to not be consistent with God's instruction in your life and, and be met with a hallelujah and praise the Lord. You're going to be going, oh, my brother, I can't believe. God was pointing in this direction. God was instructing me in this manner. And I decided that I would show forth my glory. I would show forth another measure. In verse um, 3, it says like this. Again, they said, hallelujah. It was nonstop praise. And they were rejoicing because the, the harlot had been destroyed. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. Circumstances don't defeat you. You are going to be polished for the glory of God. And you shall see the evidence of those things that stood against you. Uh, uh, the circumstances, the hardship as ashes. In verse 4, he says like this, that... The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen and Hallelujah. Verse 5, then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. Verse 6, I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent. He reigns. He reigns above all things. To Him be the glory. Verse 7. It says, let us be glad. Let us rejoice. Give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and His wife has made herself ready. The glory comes as a result of obedience, a result of walking. And then it says in verse 8, garments of, of fine linen arrayed and the righteous acts consistent with His instruction. That's when we will see the expressions of, of excellence. Glory comes as a result of excellence. In Exodus 34, 28, the Bible gives us a glimpse of what this glory can be like in the life of Moses where he goes up and the Bible says in Exodus 34, 28 that Moses was with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights and he wasn't concerned about eating or drinking. And he wrote the tablets of the Ten Commandments in verse 29, it says like this, When Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony and his, in his hands, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face was shining because he had been talking with God. Can I, can I just let you know that we can tell if you've been in his presence? That the radiance of your, your countenance is evident? And, and when there's not that connection, we can tell also. We can tell a fallen countenance. We can tell a person who, who's not having any expectation of God's faithfulness in his life. We can, that's evident. We see it all over the world. That's what I believe darkness is all about. Where there's no glory. And the Bible says the entire earth will be filled with darkness. But there will be a people that will be shining like a city on a hill. And they were like, what do you, you know, when I first got saved, I walked into the church, everybody's smiling. I was like, what are you guys smiling about? There's nothing to be smiling about. 
You guys must be doing some drugs or something. Something weird about you. It's like, woo, crazy. Well, guess what? That glory shines on my life today. The joy of God, the peace of God, the understanding that, that I can pursue God. The Bible says that if we pursue Christ, like we said on Sunday, Christ inside of you, the hope of glory. It will be seen. And they saw it on Moses' face. And they, they had to even, verse uh, 30 says, as they saw his face shine, Aaron and the children of Israel saw Moses. Behold, the skin of his face shone, was shining, and they were afraid to come near to him. They're like, could you cover that a little bit? You know, we're in the desert here, and you're like not eating and not drinking, and you look like you're radiant in our presence. And the Bible says they had to grab and cover his face with a garment. And that's what we should be in this world. That's what Jesus says, that we walk as children of light. That we are the light of the earth. In Proverbs 30, um, sorry, Proverbs 3.35, the Bible says the distinction between those that are wise and those that are foolish. And the wise shall inherit glory. A lot of people over the years have said, no, 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 glory is God. Don't, don't be vain. Now, glory is not for you. Listen, the Bible says the wise will inherit glory. It's, it's the inheritance of the wise. The manifest brilliance of peace and joy in your life. But shame, the opposite, shall be the legacy of fools. Lord, help us inherit your glory. Help us praise you. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 13, God calls his people. And he says, you guys are walking around in such horrible mindset. Habakkuk 2, 13. He says, you're, you're walking around absent the provision I have for you. And so instead of shining brightly with my glory, you look weary, you look wasted. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor to feed the fire and nations weary themselves in vain? Isn't God created the world so that everyone not doing their own thing and be weary but that they would see God do his thing and let the glory of God fill the earth. Verse 14, God doesn't want to see you labor. He says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of my glory, the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Verse 15, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor. If you do this, you're going to get some glory. Pressing him to your bottle, drinking out of what you drink, even to make him drunk. That you may look on his nakedness. Because when we go to pursue things that are not covering like God's glory is, we remain naked. Verse 16. You are filled with shame instead of glory. God says what, what's going on in your life doesn't reflect that I'm there. Doesn't reflect my wisdom. Doesn't reflect my instruction. Doesn't inf uh, reflect my fear of God. You also drink and be exposed. Be naked. As uncircumcised, the cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you and utter shame will be on your glory. You're going to walk absent. You're going to be walking in your own mindset, in your own thoughts. This is, this is where prayer comes in. This is where seeking the Lord comes in. This is where seeking godly counsel comes in. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to walk my own ways. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not listening to God. Psalm 3.3, 3, David said these words. He is a shield... 
and he is my glory. He's the one that covers me. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory, the one who lifts up my head. I don't have to be depressed and downcast and and my countenance fallen because I'm following God's lead. I'm following his direction for my life. I know where I'm headed. And so David would would encourage people, 1 Chronicles 16.8, he would encourage people, Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Make known his deeds amongst the people. How much glory can you give God in your life? From the moment you take your first breath to the time where you just take your last um, wink of, of looking at the day and saying, God, today in entire day was filled with your glory I was listening to you I was following you I was hearing you I was meditating upon you you were great at that first appointment you were miraculous at the second appointment you you did incredible I didn't think you had it in you God but all glory to you You're an awesome God. And this is what David would do. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds amongst the people. Wherever you go that you give glory to God, get ready to see him shine. Verse 9, he said like this, sing to him during the day. Sing psalms to him. Talk all of his wondrous works. Fill your day with God from moment to moment. Verse 10. He says, glory in his holy name. Your name is powerful. Your name is awesome. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. That expectation of joy, of saying, God, you're in the next step. Verse 11, he says like this, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Verse 12, remember his marvelous work, which he's done alone his wonders and the judgments of his mouth every time David was depressed about what was taking place in the present he would look back and say I saw your glory in my life every step of the way and I'm trusting it in the future I know you're going to be there so I'll sing songs of salvation I'm going to wait upon God verse 13 O seed of Israel his servants you children of Jacob his chosen ones verse 14 He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He makes all the decisions that are upon the earth. That's an awesome reality. Verse 15. Remember his promise forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. Verse 16. The covenant he made to Abraham. The oath to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob. To Israel forever and ever. And we are Israel. And the promise is this, verse 18, To you I will give a land of Canaan as the allotment of your inheritance. When you were few in number, indeed very few, and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another, he permitted no one to do them any wrong. He rebuked kings and authorities for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm. So therefore, verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his goodness and his salvation day to day, declare his glory among the nations, his wonders amongst the people, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all other gods, for all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. He's the creator, honor and majesty are before him, strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the people give to the Lord glory and strength give to the Lord the glory do his name what is the measure 
of what God is in your life. Bring an offering. Come to Him. Worship Him in the beauty of His holiness. Tremble before Him. All the earth. The world also is firmly established. It's not going to be moved. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let the nations say, God is the one who reigns. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field rejoice all that is in it. 33, verse 33. Then the trees of the woods shall rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Verse 34. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. He had, he had praised this upon the people and he told the people that they were to say these words in verse 35. Say this, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the Gentiles to give thanks to your holy name. Triumph in your praise. Verse 36, blessed be the Lord of Israel, uh, God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and all the people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Where, where has the glory gone? In 1 Samuel, we see Eli, the high priest, and his sons doing all manner of things that were contrary to God's heart. And so when one of the children were born, his grandson, Eli's grandson, they named him Ichabod. The Hebrew word, the glory has left. The glory is gone. Glory is gone because they were doing their own thing. They had their own thoughts. They had lifted up in their own hearts rebellions before God. Attitudes that were not, were not worthy of the manifest presence of God and His faithfulness. And so Paul has to remind the people in 2 Corinthians 4.17, listen, Anything that's going on in your life is but for a light affliction. And it's just for a moment. But that, that affliction that you think is, is tearing you up is actually working far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. There's polishing where you, you say, I'm already done. I'm already, you're not done. God's still messing with you. God is still allowing you to go into the enemy's camp to see what's in your heart, to see what, what, what surfaces in the midst of that difficulty. And then Paul says it like that. It's not to be compared, these afflictions, with the greater weight of his glory that will be revealed in us. In verse 18, revealed in us. While well, we do not look at the things which are seen, but we're noticing that God is dealing in areas which we're not seeing, for the things which are seen are temporary, but that glory that he's entrusting is going to be eternal. It says we will shine like luminaries in the heavens as, as we walk in his purpose. Colossians 3.17, it says, whatever you do in these times, in word and in deed, do it for the Lord. Giving thanks to God. Whatever's going on, Lord, I, I don't think I need this, but you think I need this, so good. Be glorified in my life. Be exalted. Show yourself incredibly faithful. Romans 8, 18, he says, For Paul said it to his own life, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time in my life will not even be close to be worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
I consider that the sufferings of this present time, whatever the hardship is, is not, won't even come close to compare with the extent of the glory that God is going to pour out. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever is going on, whatever you do, does your Bible say that? Whatever you do? Whether you're have a sit down at breakfast, lunch, or dinner, a snack, whatever it is, whether you have a drink, in whatever measure, do it all for the glory of God. Amen. Say, God, show up in this realm. And I'm reminded of what it says there in 1 Corinthians 15, 40, that it says, according to the measure of light, according to the measure of glory, that's how you distinguish the difference between the sun, the moon, and the stars. So depending on, on how we pursue these aspects of life, Paul says there are celestial bodies in the heavens and there are terrestrial bodies. There's the glory of the celestial is one, but the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's things that shine up in the heavens. They're the most glorious. There are things that shine upon the earth. But what is the degree of the glory you're shining? And a lot of times there's nothing. There is no glory. Nothing in your life shows that, that God is great and mighty and powerful. And that's what we were created for, to show forth these things. We have huge challenges in the days to come. This calling to give God the glory. As I was talking to that woman, I was reminded of when things go well, who does she attribute it to? She says, just bring some, it doesn't have to be God, it doesn't have to be the word of God, it's just bring a good thought. There is no good outside of God. There is no good. I'm reminded of the Beach Boys, they, they tried to be good rock and roll young men. They weren't known for their drugs, they weren't known for, for being like the heavy metal bands, but they all went crazy. They all died premature deaths. And so what is good outside of God? Where can we find reason in this life? Verse 41, it says like this. It says, there is one glory for the sun. First Corinthians, there it is. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. Do you understand tonight that God desires to hold you out as a trophy of his glory and grace? You're, you're the one that people will see. You, you are the one that people will notice. And it's usually in hardships. I, some people have had some devastating losses throughout the last years. And, and I'm reminded how the glory of God, he spoke to us, he says, I will give them glory for ashes. In a place where, where it seems like there's nothing. Every time I see Javier Rodriguez, our drummer, I'm like, man, his life is, is just full of God's glory. Full of God's bright countenance and favor. And that's what God wants to do in our lives as we pursue excellence to give glory to his name. As we close tonight, I want to be reminded of that, that chapter in Corinthians where, where Paul actually talks about 2 Corinthians 3, 7. He says, listen, if in the times of Moses, this ministry of the law 
was a ministry of death because it was written and engraved on stones and it was a glorious ministry so that the children of Israel could not look at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which this glory was passing away. Verse 8. If in the times of Moses there was a reflection of glory in his face, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? How if, if when Jesus had not come and the Spirit had not dwelt in us like it is now, if that ministry allowed his face to shine and people were like, man, we, we see the radiance of God's glory in your face. If that was a, and, and if it was a glorious ministry then, how much more this one-on-one -on -one that God talks to us, you know, straight, straight. It used to be they had to go through the high priest or they had to go through Moses, but here God is speaking to us straight, one-on-one, -on -one, day after day, moment after moment, week after week. We have no excuse. And he says, if his face was shining, verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds excellence, much more glory. If the Old Testament keeping the law had some good in it, and it was created to, to establish them, distinguish them amongst all the peoples on the earth. God says, I'm going to take the least. I'm going to give them my word so that their glory might be manifest. How much more now in a ministry of righteousness that Christ did it for us? And that this glory might exceed much more. In verse 10 for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. There's greater glory. There's excellence in glory. There's a greater measure of God's expression in our lives. Verse 11. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Exceedingly abundantly above. A, a glory that is above the natural. Verse 12. Therefore, since we have such a hope to grab onto with great boldness of speech. Verse 13, um, unlike Moses, Moses couldn't speak well, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look at uh, steadily at the end of what was passing away. Verse 14, but their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Verse 15. But even to this day when Moses is read a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless when one turns to the Lord the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. So we without a covering on our face without having to hide what God is doing in our lives are being transformed, verse 18. We, without a veil on our face, are looking at like a mirror the glory of the Lord. And therefore, we're being transformed from glory to glory, from one measure of glory to a greater measure of glory. And so I want to encourage you tonight that as we pursue excellence in the coming days, that you would understand He wants to bring down the character of his excellence. We saw it on Sunday. We saw how excellent he is. He wants to bring this down and entrust you to it. I don't know about you, but I was super blown away on Sunday. Just super blown away that Jesus, the mighty, powerful, glorious God and King, 
would humble himself to come looking for us, to seek and save, you know, a human lost man, and then here it is, he wants to uh, pour out his glory upon us as he is a model for our walk, an example. In John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says, the word became flesh and dwelt among them, among us, and we beheld, we beheld his glory. We beheld what we are becoming, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And as he was going home in John chapter 17, verse 4, he said these words, I have glorified you on earth. John 17, verse 4. Can, can you make it this your aim? That the God's glory abides in you. I have glorified you on earth and I have finished the work which you have given me to do. A lot of things want to use you for its glory. A car, a house, a fad, a fashion. Oh, you gotta, you gotta look at the Gucci purses. Oh, oh you gotta go see this, this restaurant has food. Oh. And we spend our whole life talking about the glory of things that pass and fade and do nothing for no one. And so let's stand tonight and say, God, make me a vessel of your glory. As we read for the last, the last verse is Philippians 4, 18. Paul says, I have received everything in full and have abundance. I, I, I wish and I pray. Uh, I, my, my desire for you is to declare these words. He says, I am complete and I have levels of abundance. I'm not an orphan no more. I'm not a beggar. I'm not in need. I'm not naked. He says, I have all and abound. I am complete. We heard that on Sunday in Jesus. He's everything. So if we have him, we have everything. And Paul says, I have all and I have in the measure of abundance. I am full, having received everything that was sent and this is a well-pleasing sacrifice acceptable before God that they, they sent him some, some goods. Verse 19. Because my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in the glory that is in Christ Jesus. Well, what is that? Those are words that we don't even understand yet. What is the amount of glory that's waiting to be poured out in your life? That when people see the way you think, when they hear the way you speak, when they see how you conduct yourself, when they see your relationships, when they see your fruitfulness, His glory might abound. They might see God all over it. In verse 20, this is true. And God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to be a vessel of his glory. Far too long, we were living distant, falling short 
of the glory of God because of our rebellion, our sin, our self-sufficiency, our independence. Let's ask God tonight, Lord, show me your glory. I love that song. I don't know if you guys have it. It's my favorite song. Show me your glory. Let's sing it to the Lord. of your splendor in the corner of my eye the most beautiful thing I've ever seen it was like a flash of lightning reflected off the sky and I know I'll never be the same 